0: Come on in, sit back, relax. You're listening to episode 181 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. And this is our March news roundup. There's so much to cover, a lot of news this month. I think uh, firms are really holding back December, January, and February, and just let it loose uh, end of February, March. There's just so much to talk about, Uh, plus conferences. Orion's Ascent Conference was the end of February. The big T3 conference last week in Tampa. The Shift Conference last weekend. So much going on, so many press releases and announcements. It was tough for our crack team of news analysts to filter through everything, but we managed to narrow it down to 10 stories, plus, of course, our monthly AdvisorTech map updates and some big changes to the Ezra Group WealthTech integration scores. But before we get into that, if you are an executive at an enterprise RIA, TAMP, broker dealer, or asset manager, and you need some advice and guidance on wealth management technology, you should run, not walk, to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can help with evaluations of your current tech platform, optimize your technology, run RFPs for you to select new vendors, Implement that software across your firm, perform operational improvements, and more. You can sign up for a free consultation with us by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. All right, a quick housekeeping note before we continue: please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's kick this thing off. The first story in our month's news is the T three conference. This is one of my favorite conferences of the year. I never miss it. At least I haven't missed it the past 10 years. And I believe next year is the 20th anniversary of the T3 conference. So that'll be a big one. This one was still very big. A lot of people, over 900 attendees, about half advisors uh, and other firms, and half vendors, which makes it for a great mix of people and conversations. So much to go through. I'm working on a a very in-depth summary of the conference, which is going to be a blog post you will be able to find on keatsis.com hopefully next week. Uh, there's a couple other good summaries. There was one um, uh, by Davis Janowski over on Investment News, one by Ryan Neal over on wolfmanagement.com. So please check those out. You can check out their summaries. There's also uh, Tim Welsh did his own summary on RIA Biz. I, I encourage you to check those out. So a quick review, I'll just review day one, which I thought had a lot of a great content money guide did a presentation some uh gave us some some sneak peeks into new technology new features and functionality such as the single page plan which we which i liked and their something called plan pulse which gives an overview of your entire firm's financial planning and what's been done any any clients who are falling behind any clients who are missing a plan excellent enterprise feature on to morningstar Uh, They did a presentation talking about direct indexing uh, and also including uh, some details on buy-all accounts and how they are merging uh, some of the different platforms they have and cross-linking them with data. I think that's a great opportunity for them. They've got so much going and so much opportunity, so much software and so much data at Morningstar that has been disparate in different separate silos. I'm glad to see that they're merging things together, making it easier for clients to access different parts of the business. Of course, Orion Advisor Tech had their session talking about a bit about AI, uh, which has been uh, which was a big theme of the conference. It seemed like over almost every panel, every session was talking about chat, GPT, or other areas. Orion did that as well, uh, talking a bit about what AI can do for advisors and what it can't do, and areas that advisors still have the advantage over AI. So you can check that out. There was um, a lot of large RIAs and broker dealers at the conference, and they were uh, on panels and presenting. And I always like to hear from these firms to hear about their tech stack. and I want to hear what are you working with and what's working for you, what's not, uh, how are you implementing things? Sequoia Financial, uh, a large RIA I believe they have around 15 billion of AUM. they are on a couple of panels sharing some of their information. Um, they're a big Salesforce user as an example talking about how they've integrated it into their environment, some of the apps they build, some of the different tools they're, they're plugging into Salesforce always interesting to hear that uh, a company called Nest wealth uh, a big Canadian uh, Fintech firm they process about 80 percent of the wealth management account openings in Canada which is a really big uh, market share for them. They've been moving into the US with a $50 million uh, funding round from Canada's National Bank. Uh, They generate a a little bit of controversy and um, provide some great statistics and information about what's going on in the industry. So you can check that out. Of course, how can I forget talking about the T3 tech survey? Always excited to hear that every year to see what's going on, who's changed market share, where it's moving up, what's moving down, some of the big takeaways from the T3 tech survey. We're not seeing enough cybersecurity. We really need to see more. Uh, Some firms are lagging, some categories of firms are lagging behind in cybersecurity. We'd like to see more of that. Some gainers in terms of categories of software, tax planning up 11% by advisors in general, trading rebalancing up 7%, social security analysis up 6%. Those are interesting numbers. Uh, And you can check that out. There'll be uh, soon the the T three survey tech survey will be available uh, as a PDF. You can download. It's not quite available yet, but soon it will be, and there'll be a lot more um, tidbits and information about that you can check out. And then uh, Riskalyze is a great sponsor of T three. And Aaron Klein, the CEO, uh, was on stage talking about their their new growth platform, how they're they're expanding their capabilities, moving away from hey we're just risk and we are a growth platform that includes risk proposal in which they built out, analytics, uh, where they're competing with Morningstar, light planning, engagement, compliance, and other insights. They're trying to bring this all together and really own all the capabilities between the CRM and the asset platform. That's where they see their growth platform fitting in, as well as deep integrations. Uh, always a good thing to see uh, from Riskalyze. Fidelity was on stage as well, sharing a lot of details from their advisor survey. Uh, Some of the interesting stuff that came out of that survey was 40% of investors want their advisor to provide more advice beyond just investments. We've been saying this for a while, especially with the rise of robo-advisors, advisors advisors have to move up the value chain to stay ahead of automation, not just robo-advisors, but all automation, whether it's AI-driven or any other tools and technology that can provide um, some of the basic commoditized functions. That uh, is in any business. A couple other m- a minor uh, uh, notes from this: thirty-three percent of investors want advice to help them make healthcare decisions. That's big news, especially for the specialized planning vendors that are offering healthcare advice. Take that; you can check them out on the Keitzes Ezra Group map. Uh, there's a lot of talk about estate planning. Estate planning was an area that has been expanding, uh, increase in market share, increasing utilization by advisors, according to the T3 survey. And there's a bunch of uh, estate planning vendors, including FP Alpha, announcing a couple new features functionality. One is they're, they're breaking out their estate planning into a separate product. So it'll be a standalone application uh, separate from their core functionality. And they're also offering a property and casualty snapshot to help advisors analyze homeowners policies and auto policies. Very interesting stuff. Uh, there was also a, um, a Schwab panel where they were talking about uh, capabilities they're talking about their, their upcoming integration and merger um, with TD Ameritrade and basically Trying to calm everyone down and say, hey, we've got this under control. They've been doing a lot of testing of their platform. And they believe that their um their new cap their new platform uh for advisors that's going to combine TD Ameritrade and Schwab is going to go great. Of course, there are lots of other smaller, um, smaller custodians who are coming in and saying, hey, maybe it won't go so great. You come work for us, uh, which is great. We always want more, uh, we always want more competition wherever we can get it. And that's really the quick overview. Of T3. There's so much more to talk about. I really just, I would go on and on. Oh, one more thing before I finish it. There was a great panel, a great fireside chat with Brian Hamburger and Cheryl Penny from Dynasty Financial, where Cheryl basically gave an MBA class on running an RIA, RIA uh, mergers and acquisition, terms of deals, deal making, deal advice, Super interesting. Uh, You really should have missed it. I'll just give you a quick, uh, one quick tweet. You can check my Twitter feed at Craig Iskowitz. I tweeted about a lot of these uh, panels and sessions. He talked about four metrics that Dynasty evaluates ongoing. One, have your plan, but be flexible to respond to events. Two, team, build an A team, which is the hardest part of, of any organization, especially an RA. Three, capital, get enough to fulfill your vision for your business. And four, Timing uh, being in the right time at the right place is, is crucial for, uh, being successful in any business. He mentioned how Dynasty moved from their, their headquarters from New York to Florida six months before COVID and good news that they did that really helped them out. So that's, I'm going to wrap my, my T3 review with that. Again, go to uh, Twitter. You can check out my full, all my tweets about T3 and, uh, next week, go to keatsis.com. I'll be posting that link when the, uh, the my summary gets published. Next up is three stories from Orion. Uh, these all came out of their Ascent conference. They're really uh, cranking out the new features, functionalities, partnerships. Orion is always at the cutting edge here. Uh, the first story from Orion. Orion Portfolio Solutions selects DocuPace for workflow automation. A recent study from Accenture shows that 93% of executives expect to have optimized front-to-back office processes uh, across internal and external partners by 2025, which is a 50% increase from where their operations stand today. Not surprising. Who wouldn't want optimized front-to-back office processes? DocuPace is a good choice, uh, one of the biggest workflow engine tools in our space, especially in the broker-dealer and soon-to-be RIA segments. Their workflow engine can automate compliance and business process rules by providing standardized and data synchronization engine, intelligent routing, alerts, notifications, configurable digital operations, and pre-built workflows. Of course, Orion Portfolio Solutions is Orion's TAMP, which is a combination of their acquisitions of FTJ, FTJ Fund Choice, and Brinker Capital, uh, doing really well, uh at grabbing market share and, and, and offering. More of a comprehensive solution uh, where they can combine both their tech platform and a TAMP, which more and more firms are looking for to uh, to combine all those. that We have one vendor to deal with, one contract to sign, and what you like to say, one throat to choke. Uh, you can find out more about uh, this technology. You can go to docupace.com or orionportfoliosolutions.com. So I'm rushing through these because there's so much Orion news to talk about. Uh, the second one is Orion launches breakthrough compliance technology with a new client oversight tool that's fully integrated into their wealth tech stack. Well, again, we love integration. We love a full wealth tech stack if you can get it. We always say if all things are equal, it's better to have a full stack from one vendor than um, 10 different applications you're trying to integrate. Unless you've got a good team, you've got the money uh, to burn and to build out an IT team that can support all the integrations. Uh, it's often better to have one vendor providing it Orion can do this their new compliance tool they've always had some decent compliance technology and now uh, they've got uh, they've added pre-trade compliance plugged into their eclipse uh trading rebalancing engine they're offering uh share class alerts uh powered by orion risk intelligence ownership alerts for when you hit more than five percent of the public company shares large trade alerts which is 13h Uh, initiate through Orion's compliance tool, alerts, flags when transaction volume, equals or exceeds the rule established thresholds within a daily or monthly timeframe. You know, what's funny is that now Orion can do this basically in real time or or very quickly in some cases. I know we, we built similar tools like this 25 years ago, except we were pulling flat files from the custodian and feeding it into a Microsoft Access database to run these reports. Now you've got them integrated into your overall platform, much more convenient, much easier to for compliance to run uh, in other parts of the business to see uh, across your platform, a lot more visibility. Uh, so we really like these kind of tools. Just want to make sure they really integrate uh, and they really provide a seamless experience. And they're not just really standalone apps. They're sort of cobbled together. We want to see real integration, uh, the same UI across all these applications uh, so that the compliance team and operations team don't have to keep bouncing around between different applications. So that's the second Orion news. Third Orion news. Orion reveals ChatGPT integration. Everyone's doing ChatGPT. It's it's the, the flavor of the month. Uh, but there are a lot of a lot of great capabilities you can access with this technology. So what is Orion doing? A new integration between, uh, sorry, between chat, GPT, uh, and Redtail Speak, their compliant texting platform offered through the Redtail CRM, lets uh, the AI analyze conversations and suggest responses to advisors. So the advisors can then edit the responses and then shoot them out to clients. This is a really a good use of of the chat GPT functionality because a lot of the text it prepares is a little bit stilted. You can tell a human didn't write it. So you really want someone to read through what the AI is providing and humanize it a bit, customize it for a particular client. So there's a lot of potential here. They can also feed in at some point in the future data points about the clients from the CRM, as an example, maybe even social media. So it can fit in saying, hey, you know, I saw it was your son's birthday, or I noticed a, your, your, your daughter um, just graduated from college. You can put, you, can, you know, it can build that into uh, the communications for advisors because, you know, advisors have a lot of clients and sometimes they can't remember uh, everything about every client. So if the AI can pull out and create um, uh, an interesting uh, comment or an interesting update for a client, that's going to be a benefit to advisors. You know, as they say, as Eric Clark said at the Ascent Conference, a lot of advisors are natural at speaking about portfolio analytics and other um, parts of the business. But then some maybe are a little stilted, maybe they don't have those those natural speaking capabilities. So building in the narrative and and, and identifying speak, speaking points and bullet points is something the AI can help uh, people to do. They've been beta testing chat GPT and their APIs for a few months now and they're looking to make it available in the next few months said Brian McLaughlin former CEO of Redtail who is now the president of Orion Advisor Tech again you can check out um, uh, anything you want to know about Orion at orionadvisortech.com that was a lot of Orion news uh, similarly to our last story from Orion which was about chat GPT this next story Morgan Stanley partners with OpenAI on internal chatbot for its advisors. OpenAI is a technology company that uh, built ChatGPT, uh, partially funded by Elon Musk. And Morgan Stanley is partnering with OpenAI to build their own internal facing chatbot, I guess, a uh, Morgan Stanley GPT, if you want to call it that. And it's going to help uh, financial advisors and their teams answer questions. So you can post questions to the chatbot and answers will be generated exclusively from Morgan Stanley's proprietary content library, including investment strategies, market research, commentary, and and analysts' insights. How do they do that? Well, any uh, AI and any of these, these GPT functions can be trained. So how you train the AI is how it will respond. Chat GPT happens to have been trained with billions of pieces of information from across the internet, whether it's Wikipedia or other uh, publicly available uh, sources. So you can just take the JPT uh, system and train it on your own. And it won't have any of the other things. It'll only have what you wanted to talk about. Uh, So Morgan Stanley is doing that, which is going to save advisors from having to comb through probably hundreds or even thousands of PDF files on internal websites, trying to find answers to specific questions. They can just ask the AI what they want, And receive an English response with links to the source documents. It's like having the most knowledgeable person in your firm at your fingertips at all times who knows where everything is. This is really where uh, these GPT and other AI-based tools are going to provide value. And soon you won't really even know it's AI. You'll just be used to going to the chat function saying, hey, where is, how do I roll over an account? How do I close an account? How do I put a structured note into a client's account? How do I uh, approve that? What's the compliance issues? It'll just respond um, with you. I had seen something similar to this a couple of years ago. This is pre-COVID, I think. In 2019, at the Persian Conference, they were working with a, a company to build an AI chatbot that would do the same thing, but just for their environment. So if you wanted to know, hey, I want a client lost their debit card. What do I do? It would bring up, you'd type that into the chatbot and it brings up the right form pre-filled to fill that out to send and to get them a new debit card. That's really where you're going to see a lot of value from these AIs and really customized for specific vendors or for specific wealth management firms. So uh, Morgan Stanley, you know where to find them. In OpenAI, you can just Google and find them anywhere. Uh, We're expecting to see a lot more news like this uh, in the near future. Man, I am on a roll now. Next story. Elements raises five million dollars in a st- uh, in a seed round as demand or seed extension round. Sorry, as demand for advice engagement grows. Elements founder and CEO Reese Harper told Citywire that they're uh, they got some new capital from Flyover Capital that would fund operations for roughly two years as the revenues are rising pretty quickly and they're not burning as much capital anymore. Always good to hear from a startup. Uh, some of the backers of elements include Kickstart Fund, or is, why isn't it a Kickstarter fund? Nope, just Kickstart Fund, SAAS Venture Capital, Grand Ventures, and Forward VC. Now, this group, along with a few angel investors uh, that didn't increase their stakes, invested a total of $4 million back in 2021 seed round. So this is an extended seed round. I'm not sure why it's not a Series A. I well, was sure the difference there. But anyway, the, the, um, the cash uh, funding helped them... Uh, recruit uh, people like Carl Richards as their chief brand officer. Uh, That was a great move by them. Love Carl and his work. So uh, CEO Harper said that while Elements had started out doing business with small RIAs with one to five employees, they're now going to start selling into mid-market RIAs with as many as 100 employees. That's always good news. That's always what we see with our clients. You got to start small and work your way up and having uh, a couple million dollars in the bank always helps. You don't have to worry. Uh, one of their founder, uh, one of the, the funders of Flyover Capital, uh, one of the general partners is Marty Bicknell, founder and CEO of Mariner Wealth. Not bad to have him in your corner. And also some proof of concepts running at Mariner to see if how Elements can help them. We like the Elements platform, the application. They were in the light financial planning category on the Keats' Ezra Group map but we moved them into advice engagement since they were in themselves moving away from being a light planning tool and to being able to offer more growth. And if you look at their, um, what people are saying about them, what their their customers are saying about them, all of the testimonials talk about, I got a new client because of elements. I did this because of elements. It's, you know, I grew my business because of elements. So that's talking more of advice engagement and less about specific planning. Uh, we, we like the the elemental format, with uh, different, you know, st- uh, the the table of elements, different colors, uh, it looks it looks sharp, uh, great uh, mobile app, great uh, desktop app. I think a lot of firms are trying to copy what Elements has done, and we're we're seeing more firms coming into the advice engagement category, which didn't exist uh, last year, uh, early last year. We just created it, Michael and I, because we didn't really know where to put a couple things, and now it's it's crowded. Two, four, six. Eight, 10. There's 12 applications now in advice engagement. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, some, some firms that some applications that moved into this category at the end when I talk about the advisor tech map. But if you want to learn more about elements, you can go to their website, getelements.com. Next up, I've been sitting on this news for a month waiting to talk about this. BlackRock sells future advisors direct to consumer business. To Ritholtz wealth, we were kind of shocked by this. Um, well, we were shocked when BlackRock announced they were acquiring RoboAdvisor, Future Advisor in 2015 for 250 million dollars, which seemed like an insane amount of money for that platform. But they did it, and they've been running it quietly for the past, you know, seven eight years. Uh, I don't really think it's gotten into a tremendous amount of traction, although they said uh, on the the direct to consumer side, which they they stopped selling. They have $1.8 in assets, which is what um, Ritholtz is buying. So they're not buying the technology, they're just buying the assets, which makes a lot of sense if BlackRock is getting out of that. They're just keeping future advisor for B2B. They don't want to be into the B2C business. I get it. Although BlackRock is a huge B2C you know, firm, so what? why they wouldn't want to do more of that? But I guess they're really focusing on the roots, you know, direct to advisors and direct to institutions. So uh, it was interesting to hear that um, and why they're doing that and how Ritholtz is now uh, looking at more of a capabilities to service smaller advisors with their platform they have their own Robo uh, platform as well uh, so that's great maybe they, they're going to move all those assets over to there we do not know um but there have been there has been a lot of movement from what we've seen on future advisor I know U.S Bank partnered with them I know lb LPL at some point uh, had partnered with future advisor I think a long time ago it's got to be six, have seven years ago so I haven't heard anything about it And that's really what happens with a lot of these these announcements. You hear an announcement, um, a lot of fanfare with the press release, and then it just goes away. You don't hear from it anymore, which means it didn't quite work out. So I'm not surprised by that. But uh, it's interesting to hear this kind of movement. And we haven't really heard a lot about uh, robos and and these kind of uh, digital advice platforms. It's uh, It's kind of falling by the wayside as digital advice has become ubiquitous. Every vendor has the capability of offering um, these uh, self-directed platforms, uh, self-directed capabilities to wealth management firms, uh, so it's it's more of it's just not a unique uh, unique feature unique feature anymore like it was when things were back in 2015. Now everyone's got it, so uh, no one is unique there. Uh, so that's the the wrap on BlackRock selling future advisors to uh, direct to consumer business to Ritholtz. Moving right along, next story. Commonwealth transforming into a large national RIA with a BD platform. This is from FA Magazine. Last year, Commonwealth added $11 billion in AUM to reach a total of $243 billion. I know we had talked to the Commonwealth a lot last year. Uh, We we just talked to all the broker-dealers. We work with a lot of them. We keep in touch with them. And they were telling us last year, I mean, I didn't know this was going to happen, but they were telling us last year... How much they see themselves as just a really large RIA, considering that 80% of their assets were already on the corporate RIA versus the broker dealer side. Uh, so I thought I found it to be interesting when they told me, and it doesn't now it makes perfect sense that they're now just becoming a national RIA. Uh, we're seeing more large RIA's launching their own white label advisor platforms, usually built on top of one of the big vendors like Investnet or Orion or Black Diamond or others and then white labeling it maybe mixing your tamp uh, capabilities to offer more of a full service feature and uh, it's it's easier to do that now there's there, it's easier to, to connect the software it's easier to white label it and deploy it and and build some unique capabilities because they're all really competing for the same group of advisors. So whatever they can do to give themselves a, a leg up and give themselves something unique selling points they're going to try and do uh, whether it's firms like private advisor group, or Mercer Advisors, or other you know, nationwide or, or national RIAs are doing something similar. So it's it's not unusual to see them doing that. But of course, Commonwealth built their own tech platform from scratch starting about 16 or 17 years ago, which they uh, call Advisor360, and eventually spun off into a separate tech company, also called Advisor360. And of course, uh, their, everything's 360 at Commonwealth, I believe, their, their client platform uh, client facing is called client 360 and they have an op 360 that's just their their terminology you know they've got um, a lot of capabilities i believe they have a network of 2000 fas uh, which is relatively small i mean sotera's got probably four times that that head count lpl's got 10 times that head count but you know the actual number of advisors isn't as important as the assets they're managing and the services they're providing to their clients so uh, so interesting news I'd like to see if any other uh, broker-dealers, uh, similar IBDs, are going to be converting to uh, national RIAs as well. More news. Um, this is in the alts space. Opto Investments emerges from stealth with $145 million in Series A funding. Are you kidding me? $145 million in Series A funding. That's that's surprising. <clears throat> that's a lot. Uh, to unlock access to private markets for investment advisors and their clients. Uh, This story was on fin.capital, if you want to look it up. So despite the growing role of alternatives empowering the innovation economy, the vast majority of savings worldwide have little to no access to alternative assets. And the average wealth advisor has 0 to 4% of their portfolio in private investments, often due to a lack of resources and efficient access. So the Opto platform, is uh is launching to help rias level up their practices with access to exclusive private Market investments let me just bring up my notes here so I spoke to Joe Lonsdale who is one of the founders of opto and probably the biggest name uh on the team uh, but he's got a, a very good team of, of people from other parts of the business um and they've um they believe that they have a unique capabilities uh competing with firms of uh, Hugely capitalized firms. I think uh, iCapital has a $4 billion valuation and just brought, took down $400 million in funding last year. Case, uh, CAIS, also an alternative investment platform. You have Halo, Luma, Simon Markets. A lot of firms are building out alternative investment marketplaces. Doesn't a month go by? Uh, Michael Keats and I get uh, pitched by another alternative marketplace, it seems. At least one a month comes to us. Asking to be on the advisor tech map, we have to tell them no because the advisor tech map right now is just for software, it's not for marketplaces. But, uh, you know, Joe Lonsdale, if you haven't heard of him, he was also a founder of Adipar, a very successful uh, tech player uh, in the high net worth, ultra high net worth family office, and now RIA space. And uh, they see uh, Opto as having unique, unique capabilities to deliver alternative investments. Uh, private funds, basically, uh, private uh, funds of uh, you know custom capital, credit, or PE funds that they can deliver to advisors. They'll do the curation of those funds and the managers and deliver it to advisors for relatively low cost, low management fee plus a carry with a hurdle. Uh, so I think it seems like it's a good deal. They also announced Opto at the same time, uh, announced a deal with Riskalize. So the uh, they will be plugging their alternative marketplace into the risk alized ecosystem and offering risk alized clients the ability to access these customized private investment funds. Now, um, one question I had was, you know, they want to offer private investments because they're non-correlated, which is great, but also they believe they can provide higher returns. But, you know, the firms that are getting higher returns are doing it because they're the only ones in these investments. If everyone gets access to them, won't that drag the returns down across the board? Uh, maybe, depends on how successful uh, these firms are. But uh, there's certainly always more opportunity for these types of capabilities as more advisors look to differentiate, as advisors may be moving a little bit up the food chain into higher uh, asset clients, or maybe their existing clients are getting older and, and and earning more and building up more assets and want some exposure, at least a couple you know, percentage points to private markets. Uh, that's these types of tools like Opto, uh, like their other competitors, seem like a great way to do that. So you can find out more information. Oh, I should have had this available. I apologize. Um opto investments, you can have to Google it. I, I don't I don't have the uh, the link here. I apologize. I have the link to the FinCapital Capital article. Uh you can have to Google Opto Investments. I'm sure you can find them uh, and learn more about their products and capabilities. Oh here's the website. I apologize. It is opto Invest. O P T O I N V E S T dot com. We're in the home stretch. We're on story number 10. Custody newbie Altruist claims number three spot with SSG acquisition. This is from Investment News and my friend Jeff Benjamin. Less than two weeks after debuting their RIA custody business on top of its fintech platform, Altruist has announced the acquisition of. Shareholder Services Group, a brokerage and custodial platform in a deal that significantly boosts Altruist status in the competitive custody business. Altruist CEO and founder, Jason Wink, said this deal puts them in the number three spot in the industry by Fidelity and Schwab in terms of number of RIAs being served by their custody platform leapfrogging over Pershing. They're adding 1,600 RIAs that currently use the SSNG platform pushing their total to over 3000 SSNG's custody business is technically defined as an introducing broker dealer because it sits on top of the pershing custody business which means altruis can now offer ra's access to two different custody platforms and that's unusual uh, most custodians don't do that they do what Schwab is doing they're buying TDA and then merging them shutting down the TDA platform So whether um, Altruist does this, we do not know. Um, As the deal brings the two custody portals under one roof, at least one competitor wonders whether the acquisition represents another pain point for RIAs, but on a much smaller scale. So we don't know if that's true or not. Um, This is a comment from Rob Baldwin uh, looking to get some business. But again, um, Rob Baldwin and Trade PMR, they're an introducing broker-dealer. They resell custody from First Clearing if I'm not mistaken. Uh, again, not a bad business model, but th- it's kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, a lot of these these uh, uh, custodians, what we call the second tier custodians behind the big four, now big three, uh, firms like SSG, Pray P. now Altruist, uh, and a couple others that used to exist, maybe don't exist anymore. Uh, if you remember something like Scott Trade was acquired <clears throat> and um, becoming an interesting business. And Altruist, you have to give Jason Wink a lot of credit Considering how fast he moved this business from just founding it in 2018 to now being the number three custodian, um, they they started out reselling as they they started out also as an introducing broker dealer, reselling custody from Drive Wealth. Uh, they had some technology problems, uh, if I can share that, and then they moved over to Apex, which is a much more capable platform. But apparently, they uh, outgrew that. And just, I think, just late last year, they they had built their own self-clearing uh, technology out at Altruist and really became a true custodian, you know, offering custody. And now, boom, they buy up SSG, moving really fast. Uh, you know, Got to gotta commend Jason for building this business so quickly, uh, bringing RIAs onto the platform so quickly, and it's not easy to do, right? Advisors don't want to change custodians. They don't want to repaper accounts. So getting them to do that uh, requires a great sales team uh, and a very strong um, value prop. <clears throat> Here's uh, uh, Jason Wenk. Our team has around 350 people, including more than 200 engineers. And SSNG's tech team is 30 people with no engineers. Uh, so not a lot of overlap. Uh, but now they are both competing with Pershing and a partner with Pershing since they are, are reselling their their custody. So um how it's going to work, we don't know. But everyone nowadays in our business is either a partner or a competitor, or both at the same time. So Pershing's used to dealing dealing with this. Uh, I know we've worked with Pershing for a long time uh, and, and talked to them about working with their clients and how we all need to work together. Uh, you know, they're, they may be competing against some of the other vendors, but we're all on the same page when it comes to helping our our clients to grow. So so big news there. Uh, custody Newbie Altruist Claims, number three spot with SSG Acquisition. Now we're up to my favorite part of the news. We're talking about the Advisor Tech map. Michael Keatsis and I work on this map together. Uh, every month we, we have a meeting and we review vendors coming on, vendors who want to be on the map, vendors who want to change their category. We're changing categories as, as new products come into the, come into the space. Um, some uh, applications are being acquired, uh, some going out of business, and we're, we're changing the map. Uh, a lot, a lot going on. So let me just go a quick, do a quick review of what we got here. El Camino Financial is new to the map in the uh, planning light category. Evestech, we moved into client portal. We moved Forward Lane to advice engagement. Oh, by the way, you can check these. Let me just give you the, the URLs: ElCaminoFinancial.com. Uh, is that's their website. evestech is just e-v-e-s-t-e-c-h dot com. And they've got what they call their virtual communication hub for advanced, for financial for, for I can't talk. For financial professionals. The all-in-one client messaging, scheduling, reporting, meeting, file sharing communication solution you've been looking for. Interesting stuff. Um, take a look at them and now they're in client portal. Forward Lane, which you can find at forwardlane.com also a very interesting product, which we've moved into advice engagement. They focus on personalized insights and next best actions. They're AI-based. They review um, a lot of different applications across your business from CRM to financial planning to portfolio management, pulling out data from across those applications, combining it and giving advisors interesting insights, what they're calling signals, to let them know, hey, there's something you need to do. You need to call this client about this particular action um we've combined we've pulled data from from multiple places um, it could be that hey this client had a conversation we noticed in the crm about an annuity but we haven't seen any annuity being 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 bought for them you might want to do that great kind of stuff this is really how ai can help advisors because there's so much going on advisors are swamped with information updates analysis news all the different applications whether it's their marketing tools or crm tools account opening Portfolio management, rebalancing, trading, billing, reporting, and plus all the other things around financial planning and other capabilities, taxes, you know, managing your staff, the custodian problems. Uh, So having tools like Forward Lane that can automate, personalize, scale across your business, I think is super helpful. Uh, We moved. uh, See in, in the in the CRM category, there was some back and forth a bit, moving some vendors between. Uh, CRM overlay and CRM and we did um move a couple vendors back and forth but we put them back in the CRM overlay they really because they're based on Salesforce and they they've done some interesting things i have to admit whether it's firms like Skyence or Practify uh or, or SSNC Silentica these are firms that are based on Salesforce and they have done a lot of cool stuff it's really not uh, your standard Salesforce uh, platform—they've customized it tremendously. So you still there's still a Salesforce uh, license embedded into the platform. So technically, it's a CRM overlay. It's not a standalone CRM like a Redtail or a Wealthbox um, or uh, Advison or something or Equisoft right? or Advisor Engine. It's it's built on top of Salesforce, even though it's super customized. And a lot of capabilities built into it. We you know, looking under the hood, and I spent a lot of time talking to these firms to really see what they've got going. And unless we create a third category of Salesforce customizations, you know, which we don't want to do, we've put them back into CRM overlays. But just so you know, and we've heard some complaints um that it's confusing the clients because they think they can just buy Salesforce and then like it's another app exchange app, Practify, SSNC, uh Solentica, Sky and these are not Salesforce app exchange apps. You can't just download them onto your Salesforce FSC platform and run them. You have to really, if you have Salesforce now, you've got to do a conversion to another version of Salesforce. And if you don't have Salesforce now, you can't just buy Salesforce and then add them. You have to buy their specific customized version. Very similar to how TD and TD used to sell their own customized version of Salesforce, and now Schwab is selling. Their own version of Salesforce. It's a little bit different. It requires a conversion. Uh, not to get too technical down the rabbit hole there, but we did move them back to CRM Overlay. We created a new category. We can we uh, we changed the name. Sorry, we changed the name of what used to be business support systems. It's now called workflow support, and there are one, two, three, four, five vendors in that category. We've got uh Conga, DocuPace, Benjamin, Hubly, and Advisor Touch. So I mentioned I talked about DocuPace earlier. Great workflow engine. They've got a lot of tools now besides their workflow engine, document management. They can do multiple account openings. Very strong account opening tool. It can open multiple accounts at the same time, multiple types of accounts. It can open annuities and insurance accounts all at the same time. Uh, they've got their new RIA product suite. They bought uh Precise FP. Uh, they're really uh, doing some great stuff over at DocuPace. You can check them out. Uh, Benjamin, very interesting product created by Matt Reiner. Uh, workflow tools and capabilities. Hubly, another interesting workflow product. Uh, again, these aren't these don't have the breadth and depth of a DocuPace, but you know, sometimes an RIA doesn't need that. So it's not, there's always tools for everyone, different capabilities. Different um, strengths and weaknesses. You need to check them out. Uh, you can check them all into, out in the workflow support. I believe Benjamin's um, URL is getbenjamin.com. Hubley's URL is myhubbley.com. They said ready already. Advisor Touch is just advisortouch.com. And Conga is just conga.com. There you go. All right, so that, is that it? Am I done? All right, so I've 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 gone through all of the advisor tech map changes for this month. Um, if you have any um, updates you need, if you so if you are a vendor and you are uh, looking to be added to the fintech map, you can you can go to uh, the fintech map on on Keatsys.com and you can just click on the link and and send an email. And the, or you can, what is the email? It's a news at Tech uh, technews at com. Or feel free to um, email me uh, or Michael directly if you have any questions uh, about the map. Okay. The last thing in the news integration scores. This is where we talk about the Ezra Group Wealth Tech integration scores, which is a new research tool we launched last year. We are we are constantly looking to make it more valuable, more capable, more transparent, and more accurate. So we had a first version released last August with a first round of scores for about two hundred, about about three hundred. I think it's precisely two hundred and ninety eight vendors' uh, products we we evaluated out of the four hundred, approximately four hundred on the map. We're constantly adding more uh, every month when new vendors come onto the the Kitsis Ezra Group. Advisor Tech Map. We have about a one-month lag for us to get time to evaluate them, look at their integration capabilities, validate them, and put their scores into our database. So you'll see them on our website, AzureGroupLLC.com, which you can see uh, for free and just check out the scores of any vendor or of any category of vendors. But over the over the months we've had this, we've noticed, you know, it's it's working a little bit, um, kind of not the way we wanted to. We wanted to we want, it to, we want it to reward the vendors who are doing deeper integrations. That's really the goal. One of the goals of the integration score was not only to provide transparency, not only to give wealth managers, tech vendors, and other um, interested parties a way to compare application products across, um, across different categories maybe, based on their ability to integrate, but it's also to encourage vendors to build deeper integrations. Something we heard a lot from advisors, and we work with lots of advisors, usually the $1 billion and up RIAs, RIA aggregators, TAMPs, broker-dealers, lots of complaints over the years about vendors who say, we're integrated, we got dozens of integrations, and they're really all just single sign-ons, which are okay. We like them, but they're really not integrations. Integrations are where I can move data back and forth between applications, Uh, in some way or another, or their APIs where I can write code and pull data from your app. I can send you messages. You can run stuff as a vendor and send me back results. That's what we want to encourage because that's going to deliver more seamless capabilities to advisors. How do we do that? We have to make the score reflective of those capabilities. So looking at the scores, the way they came out, uh, the first round, your version 1.0 of the scores, it was sort of diluting um, the scores on the on the depth criteria, which is fifty percent of the score, if you had a vendor and we we rank every score, every application, every integration between vendors, we rate of a one to five, one being SSO, five being super deep uh, application integration, like a, a a widget you just plug it right in and it works rather than having to write any code or go into the application and find a special menu and put in your criteria and your, your, or put in your your, uh, your login uh, and manually have to do it. So we rate them one to five. And what we found was the we just did a raw average. If you had 10 integrations and let's just make a crazy example. If you had 10 integrations, half were a one and half were a five, your average score would be a three. And that's not really fair because... The time it takes to build an SSO, which is a one, is so much less than the time and effort it takes to build a five, a really deep integration, a, a, a built-in widget or something that's, that's so easy to plug in. Uh, and we wanted to skew the scoring a little bit more to overcompensate for the five so that the ones didn't dilute because what it would do, would, would, it would create a negative incentive for a vendor. If they built a couple of fives, then they wouldn't want to build anything else if it wasn't a five. Because in fact it would lower their score too much. Um, we haven't seen anyone doing that, but we didn't want to encourage it. So in the depth category criteria, we we we, we jiggered the the algorithm to overweight uh, the fours and fives uh, and, and 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 deprioritize the ones and twos. Assuming you've got both, if you only have ones and twos, you won't see a change. If you got some fours and fives, your score uh, on the depth criteria should go up a bit. Sometimes significantly. So we felt that was useful uh, and beneficial and, and more accurate in our in our mind and uh, more incentivizing firms to spend the time and effort to build out the fives, fours and fives and the, the deeper, more robust integrations. We also added uh, more questions around API support. So 25% of the score is breadth, just how many integrations you have. is depth, which I just mentioned. The last 25% we call usability, which is a bunch of questions we ask about APIs. And the version 1.0, we only asked like three or four questions about APIs. Now we've got about a dozen talking about, do you have a sandbox for developers? Do you have sample code? Is it all documented? Uh, So a lot of, you know, what's your authentication software methodology? Uh, So we really want to know more about uh, how robust their support is the APIs, because we did find some vendors who said they have APIs, but there's no documentation, no developer sandbox, no sample code. It's just really hard to use them, which makes them almost useless. So we need this kind of documentation. We need this developer support if we're going to be able to use these APIs. So we built it into the scores. So if you are a vendor uh, uh, delivering software to RIAs, TAMs, broker-dealers, or other wealth management firms please go to our website um, and fill out the uh, vendor survey, uh, vendor application survey. Uh, If you can't find it, just fill out the contact us form and say, you want to get a vendor survey. We'll send you the link. You can fill it out online. And I guarantee you, we haven't found a vendor yet that filled out the survey and the scores didn't go up. Every vendors go up because usually we don't have all the information and we're lacking. So, Uh, Filling out the survey gives us a lot of information that we may not have had before, and most likely your score will go up uh, after doing that. So uh, please do that, EzraGroupLLC.com. All right, you've made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Thanks for listening. Please go to our website, as I keep saying, EzraGroupLLC.com. Scroll to the homepage, the bottom of the homepage, and fill out um, the form about uh, signing up for the newsletter, please. You will love it. Once a month, you will receive an email chock full of wealth management, goodness, news, analysis, updates, links. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening and talk to you all again next time.